Welcome, Bird Gang. Yeah, we feel your frustration on today's show. Just not good enough, regardless of what was on the line. The Cardinals have shown to be much better than what we saw on Sunday. And at the same time, they've shown exactly what we did see on Sunday. Our big takeaways and the latest from Cliff Kingsbury. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 347, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So we spent a lot of time last night on Cardinal Talk, MJ, just talking about how much we enjoyed the matchup between the two young quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Tua Tungabailoa, and then lamented the fact that we have to wait four years to see this matchup again because you're out of conference and then eight years before you would see this matchup again at State Farm Stadium. But an interesting item this morning in Peter King's Football Morning in America, and I know you read it every single week, it is must-read material on Monday mornings. But Peter King wrote this and with respect to what he saw between Murray and Tua. These guys won't play again until the autumn of the next presidential election. Insanity. It's worth studying whether the 17th regular season game, the NFL is moving to that uneven number per team in 2021, could be used by the league so that budding mega games like Miami, Arizona can be played more than once every four years. End of note. I found that fascinating. Now, how do you go about doing that and scheduling that? But you do have that 17-game season coming up in 2021. And what does the league do, MJ, as far as what is that game? Who is it against? You already play your division twice, so it wouldn't be a division game. But is it in conference or out of conference? And then how do you figure all so many moving pieces? But I just it's four sentences that I just found fascinating because I enjoyed it. It was certainly nerve-wracking watching the game because you want the Cardinals to win, but I would pay to see that matchup one more time. Yeah, I mean, it's something we discussed last night and, you know, you know, we've watched two on TV, you know, through college and last week got a chance to see some of the highlights. I did watch some of that game when the Cardinals were on their bye week. Um, but yeah, it was fascinating and to see him in person, um, you could see the upside and why Miami decided to turn a uh, the franchise over to him, nothing against Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's not the future. Yeah, I, I guess when you look at it, um, you play an AFC division every year, so it wouldn't be one of those teams. Um, and then you play six games in your division, and then you play NFC division, and then depending on which, where you finish in your division, you'll get the other two teams that finish in the same boat. So it would be interesting to see. And then with a 17-game schedule, the first year, do you get nine home games or do you get eight? And then the following year. Um, but I do like this idea because not only, you know, Tua, but Lamar Jackson, they're, they're in the same boat. Yes, you played them last year. Um, we won't see them for a while. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, there are some fascinating – and because of Kyler Murray, 
to me, the networks will eat this up. I don't know if there's a more dynamic player. He may not be the best NFL quarterback right now, uh, but he is dynamic and he is exciting. And I'll tell you what, you know, we want to see this team, you know, make strides and get to the postseason because I think it'll be very interesting. But they're going to have to, you know, do their their uh, their work to see where they are. But I just think when Kyler Murray's on TV now and they got a couple opportunities already. And the fact that people are talking about that game yesterday because you had Tua and Kyler, I would think he's really intriguing to the networks. And it's not just ESPN, NBC. I mean, you're also talking about possibly, you know, we all play on, they all play on Thursday nights, but maybe an interconference game where CBS takes it. Because we've never had, you know, it seems like Jim Nance and Tony Romo in the future. But I, I just think that the way this offense um, but you got to win. But Kyler Murray, I, I think when you match him up to these, some of these other quarterbacks, they're fascinating matchups. And remember, beginning with November 29th, when the Cardinals play at New England, that is when this flex scheduling begins as far as moving games to that Sunday night window on NBC. I'll throw in two other quarterbacks as far as the AFC, Josh Allen who the Cardinals will see this coming week. And then Justin Hubert, I know the Chargers aren't winning a lot. They're finding different ways to lose ball games, but I've been thoroughly impressed by what he's been able to do. So if you're the NFL and you take what Peter King had to say in Football Morning in America, there's five quarterbacks right there that you could rotate with the Cardinals. Now, we're just focused on Kyla Murray. Other teams would have to kind of figure it out and, Coming up with the schedule, MJ, is, is not easy because you have to deal with stadiums, making sure teams aren't playing five straight games on the road or four straight at home. It is difficult. I get it. So I'm just curious, and this is the first time I've even thought about this 17-game schedule coming up next season. What is that game? Who is it against? What do the owners decide to do with that game? And you got to have competitive balance. Again, there's some, I'm just guessing. I mean, I guess you could play eight home games, eight road games, then you can play at a neutral site. I mean, again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but you got to have balance. And maybe one year, some team will have eight home games, the next year, nine. So, yeah, that's going to be tricky. And then you're looking at, you know, a bye week. So that's an 18 game week schedule um, for the NFL. Um, but obviously, you know, with more playoff teams and they actually thought about putting eight in this year, depending on COVID, um, that's more revenue, more playoff games. And that's what the league's looking for. And of course, the TV contracts are coming up here real soon. And it seems like ESPN is willing to offer whatever it takes to kind of get Sunday night schedule. We know Sunday night is obviously, it seems like the better schedule. Um, ESPN, I think, initially when they got it. And there's there's also talk, Craig, they would move this to ABC. Simulcast, perhaps. Both yes. ESPN and ABC. And then if ESPN got into the mix, then all of a sudden ABC gets into the rotation for hosting a Super Bowl. And that is certainly big dollars, big ratings. Again, Bird Gang, we're having this discussion just because the Cardinals have their quarterback. Kyler Murray, despite the outcome yesterday, did everything he could possibly do to win that ball game against the Miami Dolphins. And we're not thinking about what the Cardinals do as far as a quarterback next year, five years from now. That question has been 
answered now, hopefully for the next 10 to 15 years. And that is why I think there is so much excitement. And then at the same time, MJ, disappointment and frustration when you don't have the performance that you think this team is capable of having offense, defense, and special teams, and why we're sitting here on this overreaction Monday after a 34-31 loss that you're lamenting another missed opportunity. Yeah, and let's go back to last week because I want to give you credit. And we talked about in part of our show and and part of the uh, caption on some of our shows was which Cardinal team is going to show up. And you were right on. And I sat here on Friday saying, I'm not really worried about that because they have enough leadership in that locker room and they know what's at stake here. And again, five wins, what, you know, at the, you know, looking at it, you know, um, you know, nine games to go or eight games now, but I was just looking at it from a standpoint of there's something that they're playing for something where the last couple of years we, we get to this point in the year and you're just kind of like, okay, how many games are going to win between now and the end of the season? And when we get to December, it's just human nature. Where are they picking in the draft? That's just a missed opportunity. They, they squandered an opportunity uh, to get that sixth win. Now, you know how I feel about going on losing streaks, and it's not going to be easy. you got a Buffalo team coming in, which we'll get into during the week, and then it's going to be a short week going to Seattle. They're scuffling right now. Um, but at the same time, I think the Cardinals got to look at themselves and say, why is this happening? You know, over the, over, it's happened too many games already this year, and it has to stop if this team is going to be in the postseason. Second straight week, this team has had to play from behind. They were able to catch and overtake the Seahawks as far as beating them, but they were not able to overtake the Dolphins in the long run on Sunday. Yes, they took the lead 31-24, but then the Dolphins then scored the next 10 points to come away with the victory, and that certainly was disappointing, to say the least, with respect to what happened with the Arizona Cardinals. Before we get more into our biggest takeaways and certainly the frustration that the fan base is dealing with here on this Monday morning as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let me make mention of this bird gang as we talk about what Kyler Murray did do on Sunday. He was so good. He was been nominated for the FedEx Ground Player of the Week. That's right, Ground Player. 106 rushing yards, almost 10 yards a carry, plus a touchdown. If you want to vote for Kyler Murray for the FedEx Ground Player of the Week, go to NFL.com slash FedEx. Update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. All right, MJ, let's get into it. It's the number one topic, I think, that many fans have with respects to what happened or maybe what didn't happen on Sunday, and that is not the play calling. I'm going to say it's the decision making, and obviously I'm talking about the decision to kick what would be a potential game-tying field goal rather than go for it at Miami's own 31-yard line, and at the time, I get it. Maybe a couple of years ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, you kick the field goal there. You go to overtime and you try to win in an overtime. My feeling now is after seeing Kingsbury for a year and a half, he's always been very aggressive. He will go for it. In fact, he's now gone for it on fourth down 10 times this season. Successful eight of those times, including two of three yesterday. But to me, it seemed like he dialed it back 
went conservative, bringing Zane Gonzalez to kick the field goal, irregardless of whether it was made or missed. I didn't like the decision to bring the field goal unit onto the field. Now, do you want to get into analytics? Because what would the, the field goal said when it comes to analytics? Glad you asked, because there's actually two different analytics that I saw. One is the ESPN win probability model. They said attempting the field goal was the right decision, almost 39% compared to if they had gone for it, then you're looking at 31%. There's this other website that works with football outsiders called edjsports.com. Let me say that again, edjsports.com. And they called that decision to kick the field goal the worst decision of any head coach of the weekend because it lowered the team's game-winning chance, that's their metric, by 21.2%. Now, on the flip side, they thoroughly backed Kingsbury's decision to go for it on fourth down the three previous times. In fact, those were their top three decisions of the weekend. So they loved Kingsbury, and then they hated Kingsbury with respect to decision-making. Sounds like the fan base. Exactly. Very well said. <laughs> Again, play calling is so subjective. If, if you want to break the plays down, I mean, first of all, uh, you want to go back to Kyler Murray. Um, he was getting rushed out of the pocket, and I watched it again. And, I, and then last night I said he needs to throw the ball away. Obviously, he was getting rushed from behind. Um, you look at Emmanuel Oba. Um he was getting chased from behind, and then you got Harris. But once you're getting outside the pocket, you got to throw it away. So live for another down. And, again, if you look at Calvin Beecham, um, it looks like he didn't block very well there in that situation. Now, you want to go back to the Chase Edmonds. Um, again, the offensive line, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. And then I, I still think Kyler should have made that pass to Christian Kirk on third down. Now, that was the same play they ran in the Lions game for a two-point conversion to tie the game up. Larry had a four-yard touchdown pass against the Lions. They went with that Christian Kirk play, down, down, different down-and-distance location. But to me, if Kyler makes that throw, they get the first down. The ball, it was, a, I mean, I don't know if you felt pressured or just try to get rid of it because you do have to throw a little bit on the run. And obviously, you know, him and Kirk have been on the same page on that on that play. Um, but I thought he should have been able to make that throw. Yeah, it falls incomplete. And immediately, we're sitting there in the broadcast booth, yourself, Rob Fredrickson, Bertram Berry, and I just assumed that they would go for it on fourth and one at the Miami 31-yard line. His clock is ticking down. And listening to Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley while they disagreed with the decision to go for it on fourth down earlier in the game, they both were expecting Kyler Murray and the offense to remain on the field. And it just was such a shock to see Zane Gonzalez come out, and we know he missed the kick, and that's another discussion for maybe another day. I just felt because we've seen Kingsbury go for it and be aggressive, that we're now conditioned to expect that. And then to see something opposite, you're like, well, what's going on? Kingsbury asked about it immediately after the ball game, said they liked the look, and then brought up again earlier today on Monday, quote, I felt good about kicking there, end quote. 
going to take him at his word, MJ, yet there's a part of me that wonders why, because it goes against everything that we've seen from you over the last year and a half. Yeah, and that's something I, I thought you really pointed out uh, eloquently last night about if you're going to do it X amount of times, you know, you, you got to be consistent with it. But I think it's also the feel of the game. And 49 yards is not a chip shot. No. I mean, there's one thing for him to go wide right, wide uh, wide left, or get it blocked or get it tipped. That's understandable. They're rushing. Sometimes you're, you know, you, Andy Lee's been a really good holder. Brewer's been a really good long snapper. I have to go back to see, you know, that exchange uh, frame by frame to see what, what, what he was dealing with. But he needs to make that kick. And I don't know. I, I, I watched the ball, and I could see the goalpost. And I'm watching this ball, and I think people at home thought it went in because it didn't go wide left and wide right. And I see it just take a dive before you know the crossbars and the goalposts. And I'm like, how did that? He did not get a get a good kick in there because normally he could boot it. Um, you know, people are going to say, well, that's what he gets paid to do. I think we're learning in college football and the NFL. I don't know if I want to put the uh, these kickers in this situation all the time. Now, again, 49-yarder, you go back and look for, since you know he's been with the Cardinals, he's 10 for 16 there. Um, what is he this year at, for between 40 and 49? He's 5 of 8 now this season between 40 and 49 yards. And to your point, there are some teams that do have that kicker that is automatic. Heck, Jason Look Sanders. Look across the field was, yesterday. Yeah. He was good from 56 and 50 yards. He certainly has a leg, and I'm not saying Gonzalez can't do it. He just hasn't shown it consistently enough. That's where I think I would much rather roll the dice with Murray as opposed to, all right, here's the field goal kicker. Let's see if we can't tie this ball game up. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration came from, whether it was Murray, which we saw in his postgame press conference. It was very awkward to listen to and then watch again several seconds. I'm talking 10, 15, 17 seconds of just dead air as he tried to compose himself and think what he wanted to say because he was so frustrated and wanted to win. And then the reports that DeAndre Hopkins was upset on the sidelines, throwing things, kicking things. That's all natural. I get it. I'm not going to read into any of that. I just think what you read into is, the offense wanted to be on the field to win or lose that ball game, not rely on special teams. I get it. And, it, and if you want to go back a couple of weeks ago, Cliff and Kyler had a conversation on the, on the sidelines, and Kyler said, I don't want you, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't want you to be conservative. I do think the Cardinals were conservative in that last three minutes of the game. Here's the quote that you're talking about. This is Kingsbury post-game against the Seahawks. Quote, he, talking about Murray, told me basically, don't ever be conservative again. I got you. And he went out there and won it at the end. He's fun to coach. He's competitive. He wants to be great. End quote. That was two weeks ago. And now all of a sudden it seems, again, to me, that the conservative play calling or decision making. Decision very. That's, yes, because play calling is subjective. You can call Execution. the greatest play. If it's not executed, it falls apart. You could call the worst play, but if you've got talented players on the field, they run it, and it works, you're like, oh, what? Great play call. No, it's 
decision making as far as when it comes to going for it on fourth down. And I think we've seen time in and time again, again, Cardinals eight of 10 on fourth down. It's been very consistent all season long. In fact, going back to maybe the middle of last season in which Kingsbury got more comfortable and Kyler Murray got more comfortable that you could throw more on his shoulders. And I think more than anything, Murray wanted that game on his shoulders yesterday and it was taken off of his shoulders. No, I, I think you're reading the tea leaves because I would think the offense would want to go back out there to see if they can get a yard. Now, Chase Edmonds had an opportunity, and he ran into Calvin Beecher. I mean, that that's execution. Again, I don't know if there's any right or wrong answer, but I, I – you know, again, last night I thought you were really on point about if you're going to do this, you got to be consistent with it. And we're probably never going to know why he decided to kick that field goal. But in that situation, Zane Gonzalez has to make that kick. And going back to what you said about Chase Edmonds, you know, it's third and one earlier in that yeah. second half. You should be able to gain one yard. Although let's look at what Edmonds was able to do his first start this season, his first start since his career day against the New York Giants a year ago. 25 carries for 70 yards. His longest run was six. And we've typically seen Edmonds break off several long runs. And I'm talking about, you know, five plus yards. So I don't know if it was the offensive line or the Dolphins defensive line and just that defensive front because several times we saw six, seven defenders crowd the line of scrimmage. Sometimes they would bring all of them. Other times they would drop three or four back. And I think there was maybe some confusion at that line of scrimmage as far as the assignments on where guys needed to be, where they needed to block. And maybe those rushing lanes weren't there that typically they have been this season. Yeah, and, and going into the game, they, they were number one in points allowed. And Cardinals scored 31 points on a team that was only given up 18 points per game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always interesting when it comes to the backup quarterback, and not, not in Arizona now, okay? When Bradford was here, people wanted to see Rose, and I get it, you know, what's behind door number two. And I think everyone wanted to see what Chase can do when he had the bulk of the carries, and they missed Kenyon Drake for those hard, tough yards. Not saying Chase doesn't do that, but there's a reason why, you know, he was averaging maybe 10 carries or touches a game, um, you know, fluid. Um, you know, I looked at him possibly as a guy that could be your back next year. Um, but they don't, they didn't use, um, you know, Ward in the, uh, DJ Foster played five snaps. So it was really Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray in the running game. And we know Kyler Murray is going to have his way there. But, yeah, I, I do think they miss Kenyon Drake. And, you know, I was excited for Chase to get an opportunity. But once again, um, you need that one-two punch. And it, the one-two punch can't be your quarterback. He's got to be a luxury. You, so, you know, I didn't. Uh, we knew that Eno Benjamin was not going to play based on the inactives. But, you know, Ward's basically up there for special teams. And Foster, to me, he can do a little bit of everything, special teams, catch the ball, run the ball. Um, but clearly, because of Kyler's running ability, they didn't have any else to turn to where I think they would have trusted in a big spot. With Edmonds, it's one game, so it's a small sample size, and I don't want to draw any broad conclusions here. But to your point about Kenyon Drake, 
a much bigger back, maybe a little bit more physical at the point of attack, and he's going to lower the pad level, as Ron Wolfley likes to say, stick his nose in the fan and try to drive it forward for an extra yard or two when you only needed one. I think Kenyon Drake would have gotten you that one yard or two yards. And it's nothing against Edmonds, but we've talked about how different they are as far as their running ability. And no, you don't need a running back by committee, but sometimes you do need that different style of running back that's not the quarterback. Let's take Kyler Murray out of the picture here as far as just rushing the football the Cardinals only had 72 yards on the ground against, yes, a Dolphins defense that was good, but they've been giving up almost five yards every time an opponent rushed against them. Yeah, so, going into the game, 4.9. Yeah, so I was expecting a little bit more in the Cardinals' running game aside from what Kyler Murray was able to do. Yeah, and now we can get into – you know, they brought in Chris Strebler previously. Um, you know, I feel about that. I don't, I don't take Kyler Murray off the field. And I don't want him to become a decoy, but I understand they're trying to protect him. Now, we watched Tua uh, die for a first down, and to me, you have to be underneath center. I mean, if it's two or three yards, maybe you can be in the pistol where you can run that read option where somebody's trailing him or if he's going to get tackled and get rid of it. But I, I, just, under, I just want to know, why doesn't Kyler Murray now Tom Brady obviously is much taller and he was able to mask it from just getting the ball over the the plane or over the first you know where the marker is and and maybe they don't want Kyler just diving into a pile like that but you saw Tua do it uh, Kyler to me I, looking at his upper body versus Tua yesterday he's, he seems like he's more much stronger in his upper body um, I guess you got to protect your investment but you know. You just don't want to run east and west. You want to go north and south. And to me, if you go, you're on the ball and you do a quick snap, you, you can catch them. Maybe they're not getting an explosion off the ball versus just go there and get off the ball, and then you got to hit the pile. And I think Kyler can get those first downs. The other thing that Rob Fredrickson pointed out on Cardinal Talk, on those short yardage, why go out of shotgun? I understand that's part of the offense, but why not go? Under center. And if it's not Kyler, maybe it is Chris Strebler or find someone else or a direct snap Edmonds under center or someone else that's a bigger body. We've joked about Lecky Fotu, who's got that rugby background, short yarded situation. Just get a fullback out there, someone that can pound and push the pile forward and it not be a Kyler Murray because you don't want him to take those unnecessary hits. Yet at the same time, that quarterback sneak can be very effective. And it can certainly not only sustain drives, but win you ball games. Yeah, and, and if you're going to hand it off to someone, that's where the defense can get a push. It has to be so quick where it's it's, it's instincts. I mean, and and to me, I don't know what the percentage is, but I'll take my chances. Just really, what you got to do is you got to pick a spot. You want to go to the right side or left side, and you go between the center and the guard, and you just hit. You just dive in there, and obviously, you hope you don't get you know. Because it's not like a, a safety or a linebacker is going to come in and drill you. They, they, that would be a late hit. And again, you're, you're really going against the, the front four or front three, depending on the defense. So, yeah, there's a reason why they haven't had him do that as much as we see other quarterbacks. 
By the way, as far as an update on Kenyon Drake, Kingsbury called him day to day earlier here on this Monday. So what does that mean? Who knows? But he's certainly dealing with an ankle injury that perhaps, at least when it happened, looked like it might have been season ending. But now, knock on wood, maybe it's just week to week. And if it's not this week, then perhaps the following week, which would be a short week up in Seattle to play the Seahawks on Thursday night football. Yeah, I think this week is important because, you know, we'll see how he's moving around. If he's on the practice field, we'll see if he's got any kind of designation. Um, and then you got to make a decision because you basically have two games in five days. But Not- you, but your bye week's over. But you're, you're going to have, and then you get a little bit of break after you play on Thursday night football. But these games are so important in the next couple of weeks. I mean, the last thing we want to talk about in two weeks from now, Craig, is a five and five team. Or just another missed opportunity, a game yes. that on paper you should be beating, and unfortunately you don't. But knock on wood, that does not happen, especially in Week 10 with the Buffalo Bills coming to town. Again, I said this last night, and, and clearly I was disappointed in, in the outcome because I felt like the Cardinals have a better team, but you still got to play 60 minutes of football. And they, they're, they're gaining some momentum, and I, I really like what they're doing with their head coach and their defense and offense. But – that was a missed opportunity. But if we were sitting here in August and I said, Craig, five and three, you got to play the, the San Francisco 49ers. You got to play the uh, Seahawks. And then you're going to have a game against the Cowboys, um, which we thought they would be better. Um, five and three at the break, which you still got eight games. You still, 10 games is still possible. But when I was driving home last night, I know it sounds obvious, but that six wins in your first half, puts you kind of in, in, not in the driver's seat, but you're, all of a sudden now you're not looking up so much in the in the standings. People are looking up at you, and that didn't happen, and that's disappointing. But all in all, um, they, they've shown flashes. They're an exciting football team. Um, it's not perfect. I do think their identity is playing fast physicality, and aggressiveness. And maybe the aggressiveness we didn't see as much in the last three minutes of the game. Um, But they're still in a good position. And Cliff said today that they control their own destiny. You know, so the sky's not falling. They're not on a losing streak. But to me, driving home last night, I was disappointed with that loss. Still the only team in the NFC West that is undefeated at 2-0. Bird Gang, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. All right, we know every team has injuries, and clearly the Dolphins didn't have a couple linemen. They didn't have their top two running backs. I mean, um, we know that Chandler Jones has been on the shelf, so can't really use him as an excuse, but... We thought going into that game, they were going to have some issues with the secondary just based on who was starting. And whether they're fourth, fifth, or sixth string, uh, I don't want to use injuries as an excuse, though. But Kevin Peterson, he got exposed, and unfortunately he suffered a concussion. And then you had Chase Whitaker out there, who's an undrafted free agent. And I'll be honest, he did get a lot of reps in the slot. So, and then you, you don't have... Murphy, who's really settling in as a, a slot receiver. You don't have Kennard, who's really good against setting their edge, and he can pretty good in the, in the run game. 
it's just like this team has, you know, some depth, but at certain positions, there's a drop off. A significant drop off as well. Kingsbury after the ball game, quote, we just didn't get it done with respect to the cornerbacks. There are no excuses. We brought Whitaker and Bosby in and they had practiced all week knowing that was possibility. I'll have to watch the film to see how they played, end quote. I went back and looked because a lot made about, you know, no Byron Murphy, no Drake Kirkpatrick. Don't forget Robert Alford is on the shelf. They haven't had him all season long. But my point is, when you look at what the Cardinals had week one, cornerback-wise, Patrick Peterson and Kevin Peterson, the only two corners who were, A, available yesterday, and, B, had been with the team since week one. Go back to the start of training camp. There were nine corners on the roster. The two Petersons and Jace Whitaker, the only healthy cornerbacks of the nine who started training camp that were available for the Cardinals yesterday against the Dolphins. And it's not like they haven't gone out and brought guys in. I mean, I think we're all waiting for Prince of Makamura. I mean, at this point, it's on him, it sounds like. Um, they brought in Bosby, uh, a guy that, you know, there's a reason why he was available, but depth. Um, Chase Whitaker, again, undrafted free agent, undersized, but, you know, he was playing a lot of slot in, in training camp. And that's why it's so important because you need you need guys to cover on the outside in order to do what you want to do in the front seven. And, and I thought Jalen Thompson really – I thought the guys that had missed some time played well. Max Williams and Jalen Thompson, according to Pro Football Focus, they graded out as – High on one side of the ball is the other. And, and I thought going into the game that Max Williams was going to be in on a pitch count. And Kingsbury told us on Monday he was on a pitch count. And then what can you say about Darrell Daniels? He's made some mental errors in the last couple of weeks, but a great catch, great throw. So it's just different guys. But I just thought yesterday when it came to the corners, that was going to be an issue. And, and I, you know, I respect Vance and he said he had a plan, but we know how that works. And, you know, one of the uh, receivers for the Dolphins, he got hurt and didn't return. And so, you know, Parker's their number one guy. And then obviously their tight end's a big part of their offense. But it's not like they had these weapons where the Cardinals couldn't cover them. You're talking about Preston Williams. He got hurt, suffered a foot injury on that touchdown catch that made yep. it 21 to 14. And then he was out for the rest of the ball game. Quick update. You talked about Kevin Peterson. He is in concussion protocol. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Byron Murphy remains in COVID-19 protocol. He and Devon Kennard as well. Kingsbury said he was quote hopeful that both of those players would be back this week. We don't know for certain, although Kennard earlier today tweeted quote, Real close to getting my life back, exclamation point, end of tweet. So that certainly would be good because as we talk about the secondary, well, what would help the secondary? A strong pass rush to keep that quarterback off balance. And I'll give Tua Tungavaloa a lot of credit. He was very accurate on the rollouts, and you talked about it. That's something that the Cardinals defense, they bite on. Those bootlegs, rollouts, and all of a sudden it buys time, and then the Cardinals get out of their rush lanes, and Tua at that point has more windows to throw to, or as we saw a couple of times, he could take off and run. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, he, he throws a good ball in that slant pass. That ball's coming out. And, and Campbell had him. He had him. 
And then he just got by him, and then obviously there were some missed tackles there. But Devondre Campbell, he had him in, almost in the grasp. But that's how fluid and elusive he is. And, um, you know, he was very efficient, 20 for 28. Um, yeah, I mean, he is that what his numbers were? 20 to 28 for 248 and two touchdowns. And how many turnovers? No turnovers. That no was turnover. the big thing, that the Cardinals, if they made mistakes and turned the ball over, that could be the difference. And obviously, you spot them seven points, you lose by three, take care of the football. Yeah, and I, and I thought, you know, considering the Cardinals scored 10 points in the third quarter and here the um, – you look at the Dolphins, they scored 14. I just, I did, you know, the, the games that they were winning, we saw some complimentary football. We did not see complimentary football yesterday. Well, what we talked last week or two weeks ago with respect to the Seahawks and that dramatic change from the first half to the second half, Vance Joseph pointed out that they got the Seahawks on third down much more in the second half that allowed them to dial some things up. Well, Jordan Hicks made mention of it last night. What was the difference on why the defense couldn't get to Tua and kind of get the Dolphins off the field? Quote, the problem is we have to get him to third down. If you look at the way the game went, we weren't getting him to third down. He's absolutely right. The Dolphins, four of eight on third down. They were one of three in the first half, three of five in the second half, and Two of those third downs in the second half came on one single drive in which the Dolphins tied it up at 31. They converted a third and nine and a third and four. The third third down was to a sneak to seal the victory. So just not winning on first and second down to put pressure on a young quarterback making his second career start first on the road. He felt comfortable. And if you have a quarterback, regardless of how many years they've been playing, they can eat up a defense, and I think you saw that a handful of times on Sunday. Yeah, and that was the key against the Seahawks when they went with that, you know, six defensive backs. And that's when we got a chance to see, you know, uh, Deontay Thompson and, and, and Isaiah Simmons, and, and I'm glad you pointed it out, one for three in the first half. So what Jordan Hicks is saying, and then four for eight, you know, on the other side, the Cardinals, they were five for eight on third down in the first half, which is 63%. And then, you know, you look at the total game and to everything else. I mean, that, that wasn't an issue. And the Cardinals only had nine possessions. I, I have to go back and look. Along, and, and surprisingly, Andy Lee only punted one time. And it was we, it was not a good punt either. You brought that up as we were signing off on Cardinal Talk last night. And you said, if I had told you Andy Lee only punted once, what and would you? he had over 400 yards. What would you predict? Well, I would predict that the Cardinals win and win going away. And it's great that Andy Lee only punted once, but when he did punt it, it was 42 yards, and it gave the Dolphins an opportunity to get a field goal right before the first half expired. On the flip side, the Dolphins had nine possessions punted three times, and then kicked two field goals of 50 or more yards. That's five stops to a certain degree by that Cardinals defense, yet they couldn't get the stop when it mattered most. The complimentary football that you talk about, yes, you got to get a stop every single time, and the onus is on the defense, but they did stop them five times over nine possessions, which on the surface looks good, yet – here we are talking about being disappointed because you let one slip away. My key going into the game, they had to be able to run the football. You take away Kyler, 
wasn't very effective, and I do include him in the running game. But I mean, they had, they had to control the line of scrimmage, and in that first half, they didn't control the line of scrimmage. You know, they were they were they were only getting you know minimal yardage unless Kyler was pulling something out of a rabbit's hat. You know, with his running style. Yeah, it's just it's just disappointing because you know he said they laid an egg. Um, you know, they came out and they got him out three and out, okay? And so, I, you know, I'm never going to, you know, the effort and the, and the energy. Sometimes, you know, guys got to create their own energy. But I just didn't like the way the fourth quarter went. 14 points. Um, they had some opportunities. And then, you know, you're watching the play clock go down. And do you ever think that Cliff was thinking, if we score here, I'm going to leave too much time on the clock for them? No, I think at that point I was fully expecting – Kyler to be able to march the team downfield. You took over with 3:30 and two timeouts. That's plenty of time, and you just run your offense and score, and then you hope that the defense can come up with the stop. Yet, I'll give to a credit at the end of the first half, 46 seconds left to go. One timeout gets them in field goal range, and then at the end of the ball game, 153, two timeouts, and they were able to milk the clock out. So. Quite a statement made by the Dolphins and their young quarterback, and unfortunately, Kyler Murray not able to make his own statement. Yeah, and that's unfortunate because I'll tell you what, he played his heart out. I mean, he tried to will this team. And, you know, again, I, I, I do think there's something about him wanting to be on the field, the ball in his hands on fourth down. I, I do think there's something to that. By the way, you know, Mr. Hopkins – a lot of this offense is predicated on reps, 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 and execution. And, you know, body language to me says a lot sometimes. Um, I don't know the conversations. I, you know, quite frankly, that, that stuff happens all the time. It gets caught on TV. Um, okay. I appreciate those guys because Larry and Kyler were talking and then Hopkins and, and were talking. So that to me is, hey, I see something you may not see. Let's get on the same page. But there are times when DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get the ball, and I see some bad body language. And I, I just don't know. You know, I understand that, you know, he should be targeted X amount of times. And, you know, the last game he only was targeted twice for 25 yards in the first half. And, you know, he obviously is one of the best wide receivers in football. Um, but I do think when Christian Kirk and Max Williams are out there, um, you got to spread the ball around. Um, but I, I just don't like the body language sometimes where – you know, he'll take himself out of the game. Maybe he's winded or he just ran a, 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 a deep route. I don't know. It's just I don't like the body language, but I understand that, you know, when you're built like that and you want to be great, you want the ball. I, I mean, they all want the ball, but, you know, there's enough balls to go around. So I, I just hope they can get on the same page there. It's easier to be okay when you're not targeted as much after a win. But now here we are talking about a loss and everything gets magnified. It's what we discussed on Cardinal Talk. It comes down to a handful of plays, literally three, four, five plays. The difference between a win and a loss. And when you win, some of those plays get forgotten and you just focus on the numbers. And when you lose, those plays get magnified, like the decision to kick a field goal as opposed to go for it on fourth and one. That is all parts of the National Football League. It's why, Bird Gang, we love the game so much. You only get 16 of these, and that is why right now, through eight games, five and three on the surface, yes, sounds great. Yet, we know there have been games that this team 
missed an opportunity to take a step forward here in year two under Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Yeah, and that started with the Lions. and Because to me, that game could have gone either way, the Lions game. Now the Carolina game, give Carolina credit. Um, at that point in time, you know, Bridgewater made more plays than Kyler did. Uh, they didn't have Buda Baker. But yesterday, they put points on the board. They were able to move the football. Unfortunately, they just weren't able to pick up these short yardage situations. And that would have kept drives going. They may have had another, you know, two possessions or if the defense wasn't on the field as much. Time of possession was pretty even across the board. First downs are pretty even across the board. Um, so uh, yardage-wise, I mean, the Cardinals put up a ton of yards. And to me, if you're a player driving home last night, you're like, that was a missed opportunity. They squandered a great opportunity to get to six wins. It's unfortunate. Now we'll have to wait and see what this team does in the days following to get ready for a very, very good Buffalo Bills team coming up on Sunday and much more on that contest as we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2. And on that note, MJ, let's put a lid on this Monday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks our executive producer, Jim Mahundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.